0: Welcome to Seen and Heard in Edmonton, the podcast about bloggers and podcasters in the capital city of Alberta. I'm your host, Karen Unland, and joining me today is Dave Ray, a comedian, improviser, and sketch performer with The Debutantes, and host of the weird and wonderful podcast, The Devil's Advocate. Welcome.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: This episode of Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you by Taproot Edmonton, a new venture that commissions curiosity-driven stories about the city, powered by the community, and you'll hear more about that later in this show. All right, Dave, you do lots of different things. Yes. Um, but let, let, let's start a little bit just with comedy in general. How did you get into comedy?
1: Uh, I got into comedy, like, I, oh boy, this is a big story. Uh, let's say I, I wanted to do stand-up and sketch for a long time. And sketch is great. Like, that's where I have a drama degree, um but it's hard to do sketch by yourself. I don't know if you know that. (laughs) It's very difficult. You're getting
0: really esoteric here now into the craft, but I can imagine. Yeah, Yeah. it's hard when
1: there's (laughs) not another person. Uh, But then I realized stand-up comedy, uh, you just need you. You just need to go to a place where there are people and talk into a mic. So... Uh, When I moved to Edmonton, uh, that was one of my things. I was going to start up stand-up comedy, and then at least I can do comedy. That's all I was really wanting to do. And then from there, over my years of doing that, uh, I met other stand-up comics, and then suddenly now I have people who want to do sketch. So I'm like, oh, I should have just (laughs) done that years ago. But yes, that's that's how I've been getting into comedy. I just wanted to do that, I figure... Uh, I've been doing doing it for a while, and I love it. And
0: Is Edmonton a hotbed for comedians, or does every city that you've ever been in have this kind of ferment of creative people that want to make other people laugh?
1: Uh, I, I think it's everywhere you kind of go. Uh, Edmonton has a really good... Uh, Stand up scene right now, uh, where there's a lot of opportunities to go up, uh, both on a, like a local, like on an open mic level, if you just want to start out, but even for uh, paid gigs, there are corporates and around Christmas, a lot of the ones that go off to Vancouver and Toronto to try to make it big they often flock home during yeah. Christmas because that's where you can actually get paid for a lot of this stuff. Yeah. So there, Edmonton turned out to be a really great choice for stand-up comedy and I was not expecting that. I was just like, oh, I just need to go to a city right. and I happened to pick uh, one of the better ones. <laughs> so. um,
0: that's excellent. Okay, so then the other thing I noticed... I, I'm not a person that goes to a lot of comedy shows, That's but fair. I am suddenly aware of this whole scene through podcasting because yeah. there's so many members of the local stand-up community who are also on podcasts. That's so right. tell me, first of all, before we get into your specific podcast, mm-hmm. what podcasting is done for comedy in general?
1: The big thing is with comedy, you're, you're, you're trying to sell yourself. That's You want to be noticed, and especially if you start touring and going around, it's kind of nice if there's already some people that kind of happen to know you. And podcasting can kind of do that since it goes all over the world. And uh, since uh, comedians are coming from other cities to perform here, sometimes if you can grab them to come onto your podcast, that can help you kind of spread that word around.
2: Uh,
1: So it's kind of an advertising thing for us. And uh, I know uh, in my podcast, I try to um, show off people 's funny side or what the what their style is, yeah. so that way it 's an advertisement for them as well and Which so is it works so clever. together it works together yeah so yeah.
0: let 's tell the people about the devil's advocate how does it work
1: uh, the The premise is I bring on a guest uh, to debate a topic of their choosing, and I take the other side regardless of my true feelings on the matter. And uh, that can be uh, that's that's usually the, the gimmick right there, and and it can go any kind of way. It could be very weird and esoteric, kind of strange debates to traditional debates to even ones that are unimaginable. Like uh, I've had to defend sexism and racism,
2: yeah, <laughs> and
1: uh, <laughs> somehow walk that line. I, I like, I'm very careful. Yes, <laughs> no, like I take on like a Colbert rapport type persona to like argue the worst things and but you know still on the in the end come out on the good side
0: yes and you always win
1: (laughs) i I always win. that (laughs) has to be a part of the gimmick too yeah Yeah. i I feel that that's uh if if i if i'm not winning then then it's like uh, some of these ones before we begin like for instance is racism good or bad Obviously, it's bad. Yes, like there's no de- there is no debate there. Yeah, yeah. But if I'm always saying that gimmick, then it, it like adds a certain element to it that allows us to play a little bit. And yeah. yeah,
0: I feel like there's a structure there that is similar to uh, pro wrestling, where
1: <laughs> I already like where this is going.
0: <laughs> it's your job to make the other guy look good. Yes. On your way to a predetermined. Conclusion.
1: Yes. Yeah, that's fantastic. (laughs) I've never. (laughs) Thank you. I'm a big fan (laughs) of uh, pro wrestling, so I appreciate that uh, comparison.
0: Excellent. Um, And then it does work to have your guests spread the word within their own channels. That's a that's a good entrepreneurial thing for you to do as well. Do do you find that you have fans all over the country because of your guests?
1: Uh, I don't know about that, to be honest. Uh, I I think it's pretty uh, local still because I mean, uh, depends on how many comics come from Toronto and if I grab them. And um, I I also do my—I've been doing my podcast in spurts because I've been kind of involved in a lot of projects. Podcasting, I'll be honest, is a little bit on the back burner uh, because there's these other things that are very pressing right now. Yes, Um, and. So I I, I take it in bursts. And whenever I see somebody, I'm like, oh, that person would be fun to have a a great debate because they're lively. Uh, Like Simon King, when he came through, I'm like, I I need to... If you've ever seen his stand-up, it's just him yelling at the audience. (laughs) I'm like, this is who you need on a debate show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So...
0: Um, one more question about the Devil's Advocate. Mm-hmm. There are there have been a couple episodes uh, with Stanislavski. Yes, which I I just don't want to even spoil it. I would just tell the people go listen to those ones. But those right. I would call performance art. <laughs> sure. Yeah, are those fun for you to do?
1: Uh, yes, that that those two are amongst my favorites. Yeah, uh, and it's just. On a on a technical level, it's fun to do uh, to record both of the uh, the 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 folks involved. Yes, uh, it's a it's a technical challenge, and uh, it, it's a good time. Uh, I I I enjoy it, uh, especially since there's a little bit of digging into my own psychology in those uh, episodes.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. it's just a
1: fun it's a fun thing. Yeah,
0: it does feel like some of the best comedy is psychology at the same time, right?
1: (laughs) Well, vulnerability is what it comes down to. Uh, Vulnerability is, in in any art in general, is where you find connections to other people. And especially when their stories are different than your own, there's also a connection where it's like I can kind of uh, empathize with that. It's like I've never thought of that or I understand some of these other tough issues now, because I've heard this story through comedy or whatever art it might be. Yeah, and so that's why I enjoy like my favorite bits on stan- uh, on a up stage is when I delve into some of these really personal stories, and and if I can do that in a podcast as well, sure. Like the episode with Dan Taylor. I know yes. when I go into other podcasts and I talk about my my favorite episode. The Dan Taylor one is uh, one that stands out to me, where he came on to debate that it's good to have living relatives, uh, and of course I had to defend uh, not having living relatives is better. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh,
1: but the the thing that's going on behind it all is in real life, my my own immediate family they have all passed wow. uh, a couple of them in the last couple of years, and I've I had uh, we had a great like kind of a not too dark, but it was a little bit of a darker humor to the whole debate. Yeah. But then afterwards, uh, and Dan is great for this, We after the debate was done, we had a discussion about death and grief. Yeah. And this, uh, where podcasting is really at its best is these really intimate conversations and talking about these things that sometimes people don't think about or talk about in their day-to-day lives, so...
0: Absolutely. I I love that episode and I'm so glad that you included the postscript. Yeah. Where because he, I mean, he's a pastor as yeah. well as a comedian and he just exudes empathy yeah. and I, I cried at that one. That was like just beautiful.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. yeah that's I and, and that's the thing like especially I I know of people that haven't lost anyone in their lives. So to have that discussion from someone as young as myself i 'm only thirty three and to have all of that happen there 's a certain kind of uh, a th- thing that happens like i i 've talked to people. Uh, after stand-up shows uh, and their fellow comedians, and and comedians have this thing of deflecting pain. I don't know if you noticed <laughs> that. So they often like to deflect. Like, I oh, don't. I don't like awkward things, or I'm going to joke my way out of it. And when some of that stuff was coming out, when my when my brother died, uh, they didn't know how to take it. Some of them, and so. That's been an interesting place for me to delve into some of that kind of stuff.
0: Thank you for sharing that with the world and and everybody should go listen to that one. You also have this in real life gig right now with the debutantes. Yes. How do you describe that?
1: Uh, Well, the debutantes, we're a sketch comedy group, a collection of about 10 or 11 people. We have members come and go depending on where they are in life. Yeah. Uh, And we write a whole range of... It's usually high concept, as in it's not character pieces as much, but it's l- weird ideas, not unlike Saturday Night Live. And we actually have our own uh, bi-weekly show at uh, the Sewing Machine Factory, which is not a sewing
2: <laughs> machine factory. There's no
1: sewing machines, nor is it a factory.
2: Wow. Uh, it's, in the,
1: uh, it's in behind the Mill Creek Cafe okay. on, on White Ave. It's, uh, the show is called Odd Wednesday. Uh, and it's every odd Wednesday that it happens and we bring on other sketch groups uh, to perform and you'll see some very bizarre things (laughs) and then some traditional uh, sketch comedy which is where the debutantes come into play and that's been a a great joy. Uh, It's been fun to write with other people and that I don't have to do all the writing myself. It's, It's fun to share some of that and I know I've been uh it's been another avenue where I've been able to share some things that I can't do in stand up because stand up if I if I do it as a story it's like oh there's like people's names I would have to use but if I wanted to do it as a, like an allegory through a sketch then I can do that and like express some of these things that have been you know churning around inside of me and uh it's been fun that way for yeah, me
0: Yeah, yeah, that's cool. It feels like um there's a lot of there's a there's a year long improv scene in Edmonton. Yes. And there is a burst of sketch during Fringe. Yes. But do you feel like you guys are filling in a gap that there isn't?
1: Yes. Yes. Uh, there there used to be a show called uh, Doctor Jokes where some of that like alternative comedy could kind of go and uh, have that kind of weird place, uh, but we're filling in a place that. Uh, Especially for other stand up comedians. It's hard to do sketch at a lot of open mic shows because, you know, if you've ever been to the underdog comedy show, uh, uh, the performers are literally standing on a coffee table. Wow. It's hard to uh, <laughs> get the full theatrical experience uh, in that kind of a place. So uh, to have uh, uh, something that's designed and welcomes sketch and that. That kind of a performance. It's I, I think it has opened it up uh, for a n- new avenue of creativity. So,
0: and you you also do improv, right? Mm-hmm. So, what's the difference for you? What do you get out of sketch that you don't get out of improv? Uh,
1: I think it's the well thought out thoughts. Yeah, uh, that's what it is. You get the chance to like this is a funny idea, and I get to explore it and. Uh, talk about issues or ideas and expand on them. Improv, you can do that too and it's possible but it, it tends to go all over the place and it may not be focused and sometimes there's a certain ma- there's a magic to improv. Yeah. Uh, th- that's a, actually a new addition to myself. Oh. Uh, I haven't done improv most of my life and I'm just like kind of figuring it out <laughs> now. Um, sketch for me is the place where you can kind of get these beats and you're kind of almost laying out uh, whether it's an argument or you're you get to lay out the story as you want to see it to say some things. Yeah. Like for instance if I was going to talk about some of these personal issues that I I want to explore or, uh, whether it's religion or love or you know marriage that's hard to do in improv because you don't know where they're going to go with it or if it just turns and breaks down into a joke mm-hmm. or it uh it's hard to be on the same rhythm yeah. and talk about like no I have this idea I want to share it's not that it's impossible and maybe if I was a better improviser <laughs> <laughs> uh, I maybe get there one day but yeah. that's the that's the that's the difference
0: yeah I think. yeah um, so where do you want the debutants to go what do you want it to lead to
1: uh, that, that's an interesting question I would love to see it turn into like a TV show or to go something like that or if we are even uh, went to festivals that's what our next goal for ourselves. We've been applying to a lot of different uh, sketch comedy festivals, comedy festivals, uh, fringe festivals, and uh, hope to you know spread our wings that way. Because the last few years, we've just been a piling up uh, material and sketches and to be able to perform them at NextFest and some of these other things locally. Improvaganza was another one. That was a great opportunity to you know, full lighting nice. and uh, sound is <laughs> like, oh, this is amazing with tech. Um, so to do all of that uh, for more people and to do it more often, that would be, that, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. I would love to do that more.
0: Yeah. And I also love that Odd Wednesday is providing a platform for other sketch yes. comedians to, to put together their shows and get a new audience.
1: That's right. And uh, to test out things cuz that's a it's hard to uh test out material if if it's not designed for it to go to a random open mic. That's all you have uh before would be yeah. to go to underdog on a Sunday. Or an underdog on a Thursday or Empress on a Sunday, where it's just not designed for. It. You're in a bar and people are yelling sometimes, or like you know they can be distracted, and, and you're not mic'd.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Where normally, like a stand-up comedian, you can hear them because they have the one mic. But if you have eight people on stage, you can't hear, so it can be it can be a, ch- a challenge to do it that way. Yeah. So to have a venue designed and better able to take that in. Uh, it's, it's just fun and great to be able to develop that for people.
0: Yeah. This whole realm of comedy, mm-hmm. it's work that you, that it, it seems that, that part of the process is to workshop the work live in front of people. That is so scary. How do you bring yourself to do that?
1: How do I bring myself to do that? <laughs> That's a good question. I, I suppose I just have issues that I need to talk. <laughs> I don't want to pay a psychiatrist or a therapist, so uh, I, I I think there is that thrill of uh, you know sharing what you think is funny with a group of people, and, and you know that it, it may not work out, but failing at an open mic is also not the end of your career. Mm. You know. Mm. Uh, w- I know that what made me stay away for a long time is like I I just don't want to like screw it up right at the start and like people are like this guy's not funny, but I I, I listening to uh, Pete Holmes's podcast, uh, you made it weird. I he was talking about stand up and improv and and he mentioned uh, you got to give yourself two years to suck. Wow, two years and you're like you might bomb every time you go up. And if after two years you're still bombing more than you're doing well, uh, then that's when you quit. <laughs> 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 then maybe you're not cut out for it. But you got to figure out all those things. You got to give yourself time to uh, learn stuff like stage presence or even projection. That's that was the interesting thing. For, I I come from a theater background. And so projection was never an issue for me. It was to have jokes. Right. That was that yes. was my challenge. <laughs> that would be, would be quick and to the point and cut uh, like a setup punchline. Because a lot of my stuff was uh, long drawn out stories, and uh, the stories would be funny. But if it's in a bar, you got to kind of grab their attention. So I, that's what I had to learn was these quick jokes. Yeah, I've seen other guys who would start stand up and uh, they would hold the mic down by their hips. I could not believe that. It was like, no, no one can hear you. you yeah. got to put the <laughs> mic by your mouth. <laughs> and so that's what I told him. And he was like, oh, that's why nobody was laughing. Yes, that was why nobody <laughs> was laughing, because no one had I, any idea what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> but that's where you learn that in yeah. those uh, first few months. And And I remember... Uh, a, a comedian I look up to, uh, Scott Belford, he's now in Toronto. He left during my early days and then he came back after I'd been doing it eight months. And uh, he gave me the greatest compliment. And he's just like, I am surprised that you've gotten as good as you have. <laughs> I was like yeah th- thank you yeah, i pre thank you, thank you. <laughs> thank you. you know, th- that's honestly that's the kind of thing cuz i know i was like struggling but then to see when people are like oh you kind of turned a corner and yeah. you actually we we didn't think you were going to make it <laughs> <laughs> and i was like yeah i could That's fair i felt it cuz when you're not good at stand up at start at the start people are like don't talk to you yeah. <laughs> like, i don't that that was you just saw somebody burn and crash yeah. i'm not going to yeah. talk to
0: them <laughs> yeah so. yeah Yeah, that's good (laughs) okay we're going to take a break and when we come back we're going to hear about uh, local podcaster blogs that Dave recommends
1: this episode of Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you by Taproot Edmonton a source of curiosity driven stories about the city driven by the community Taproot just published its third story it's called How to Stop Discounting Pedestrian Deaths and it's gotten lots of attention on social media You can read it at taprootedmonton.ca. Speaking of attention, the well-known Future of Media website, journalism.co.uk, featured Taproot in a recent article and podcast. Here's some of what co-founder Mac Mail shared with that podcast's listeners.
0: Taproot Edmonton is our attempt to try to figure out what comes next in local news. That's Mac Mail. Along with Karen Onland, he founded Taproot Edmonton earlier this year and published the organization's first story in September. We know that local news all around the world has been uh, having a difficult time with the existing business models. And so one of the key things we wanted to do with route was try to find out if there's another business model that could support, um, you know, the important local journalism that people often lament the loss of when a newspaper shuts down or or downsizes. So uh, my partner and I, Karen Unlund, uh, have been talking about local media and uh, particularly in Edmonton for years. And earlier this year, the two daily newspapers in Edmonton had 35 people cut from their newsrooms. And uh, it was sort of a you know, an extra kick in the behind to say, we need to try to do something about this.
1: You can find links to the full interview and the accompanying story in the show notes for this podcast at seenandheardyag.com. And if you would like to join Taproot, visit
0: taprootedmonton.ca. Okay, we're back. So, Dave, what local independent media would you recommend?
1: Uh, the ones I, I I like are the Movie Jerks. I, yes. They have... Uh, they're a lot of fun uh, to to be around and to be a part of a, a debate where they, especially JP and Gramiak, when they get into it uh, over some sort of topic, I I think it's great. I, I enjoy talking about movies and uh, I've been on their podcast a few times. I just different.
0: listened to you talking about Hell House and whatever that <laughs> oh. other one was. And yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Uh, uh, Darkest <laughs> Dungeon, I think yeah, it was. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to to they've made me watch some terrible movies. Yes, yeah, uh, they're
0: jerks that way.
1: Yeah, <laughs> they're jerks. They're they are awful that way. Uh, but they are also a lot of fun. And, yes. uh I I recommend that, especially if you love movies and p- hearing people's thoughts on movies, because they get right into the heart of it.
2: Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm.
1: And and JP has just an incredible knowledge, of, especially and Gramiac's just got some great. Why scratch? He'll. I love when he'll just sit back and then you don't hear from for for a while and then he'll just like lean in and say the most hilarious thing and then disappear. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, And they. They've been at it for a long time. They've got yeah. well over two hundred episodes now,
1: and yeah, yeah, and and they've had some pretty big guests mm-hmm. on there too. And it's it's I, I I'm very happy for them, and I, I think they work hard at it, and I'm glad that they're doing as well as they are.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, another one I would uh, recommend uh, the thir- the thirty minute week. This yes. is Dan Taylor. Uh, that we were talking about earlier, uh, him and Ben Prue go over some of the news items and it's it's interesting to hear them spend some more time discussing some of these current issues mm-hmm. a little bit more, especially not from uh, pundits where they're where it's just like I'm adamantly like this. They have a little bit more Debate in there and a little bit more like nuance in a story. Yeah,
2: yeah. uh,
1: I feel. Uh, And yet they're also humorous at the same time. They all bring out some hilarious stories that I didn't know about. So I enjoy those guys. Another one is uh, the... Oh, sorry, did you...
0: Well, I was just going to say that a nice thing about listening to podcasts by comedians is they have great voices and they're very Mm. eloquent and they think on their feet and they don't have like a lot of... (laughs) uh right <laughs> uh, yeah if you
1: ignore this episode where you're listening to me right now like that guy s- ends a lot of sentences with so I'm I know it and I'm like well I can't back up time I'm aware and I've done the ums and I, I and I'm fully aware that I'm doing them um you're
0: right still, now, right, like, there, right there you just did it but mm. honestly you guys are so much more eloquent than us normal people, <laughs> and it's very pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: appreciate that. It's, uh, it, we need uh, confidence boosts. <laughs> it's a big thing. Uh the other the other two, they're they're kind of similar. They they take different approaches, but I, I also like the Quick and Slow podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh mm-hmm. they uh Nick McQuick is Uh, has a suited uh, name to him he's a very quick witted guy and he'll just he make anybody seem funny like any conversation you have with him uh, he's just able to riff and go all sorts of weird places and it's uh, there's a lot of fun in that one Uh, the other one is the worst podcast ever uh, which I always appreciate as a name yes (laughs) uh, with Alex Fortin and Dan Clark where they it's another comedians talking about comedy kind of a podcast uh but they can have some fun discussions on there, and uh, I enjoy those guys.
0: Yeah, I kind of like them almost from an anthropological point of view, because I'm a nerd. Because <laughs> um, you get an insight into the life of, like, of the comedian, right? Of yeah. the, that comic world, and... You guys have to hustle like so hard to do this thing that you love.
1: Well, if you, well, if you want to make a living. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if you want to do it consistently, yes, you actually have to work pretty hard to make it work.
0: Yeah, and, and you have to learn marketing and you have to learn and you have to travel all the time, which is like a whole yeah. drain on Time and money and and uh, everything. I would imagine, and that just this this phenomenon of the corporate show as the the center of this economy. I didn't even know that until I started listening to these podcasts.
1: Yeah, and especially since it's not you don't want to do corporate shows. Yeah, like you kind of like you, like, you got to change your tone and how you uh, you can't talk about certain things, or you you're kind of changing who you are for the, these people and uh, to most likely not do well because it's <laughs> here's the thing about a corporate show most of those people do not want to be at a comedy show Right? they do not choose it's not like they got together went down to an open mic where they chose to be there Yeah. Uh, it's, it's like most likely their uh, wives or husbands have dra- dragged them along Brought them to this place to have a mediocre dinner, talking to like the weird guy from accounting. <laughs> I don't know any of these people. Now, this other idiot's talking for a while, talking about Pokemon. I don't care. Um, so it's just it's when you're just grabbing a random cross section of people, you're it's not set up for comedy, and mm-hmm. most often they have like silent auctions and all these weird things that they don't think about. They don't think about, like, how do I make a good comedy show? They're just thinking, like, let's have a bunch of weird stuff. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so that's a challenge. It's it's a and challenge. It's, it's heartbreaking. The first time I went on the road, uh, I won't say the name of the town, <laughs> <laughs> but it was one for a whole town. And Dan Taylor and I went. It was my first time doing a corporate gig. And I'm like, I needed this to go to well so that the bookers, like, oh, this guy's solid. Uh, let's book him again. Yeah. And we go out to this place. And, uh, half the place was drunk by the time I took to the stage and, uh, there was a silent auction right in front of the stage. There was a dance floor set up. So I'm like a good 40 feet from the closest living human. (laughs) And then, uh, people were talking at the back and I tried my best to like get in there and like be my plucky, happy go lucky self. And it's just thirty minutes of uh, mild attention being paid to me. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, "Oh, he's still up there." Yes, uh, <laughs> and I went. I remember leaving the stage and going and sitting in this high school, of like uh, against the locker, and just like, "What am I doing? I clearly need to quit." And then I, I realized when Dan took the stage, and he's much better at this point, <laughs> especially. And he and he made it sort of work, and but he still struggled.
2: Yeah.
1: And it was like, oh, okay, okay. maybe this is not all me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that said, uh, Dave is available for your corporate gig. corporate yeah, gigs. Yeah,
1: please. Uh, <laughs> I just shot myself in the foot, but you know, this is the this is the reality. It's challenging. T- uh, corporate gigs are not the greatest measure of whether a comedian's good. Right. Uh, it's 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 one of the hardest things you do, but you have to do it. Hmm. In hopes of then one day being able to go to, you know, just relapse and somebody noticing you, right. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> in the sea of a million yeah, other talented yeah. comics, you know.
0: Um, what advice would you have for someone who wants to make a comedy podcast?
1: Get a good premise. Uh, I, I know that's been some of the discussion with some other people. I, the most common comedy podcast is comedians talking about comedy. Yeah. And and they can work, but there's a certain um, amount of that 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 can happen. Mm-hmm. So whether it's the thirty minute week where they talk about the news, uh, that's something like this focus. It's got a some sort of hook to it or yeah. something different. Uh, that's why I was like a debate podcast. is like yes, the, people have pointed out the debaters is already a thing on the CBC, and yes, there's this show. This show. We are aware, yes. but it's not common either. No. And uh, and, I was, and that's why I tried to add these elements in of like uh, the host is one of the debaters and, and he always wins and there's playing around with like say the Stan Ostrowski episodes yeah. uh, that added new fun element to it. Uh, there's no other podcast currently like it really. No, uh, there's right. enough things to make a difference. So that's what I encourage people. If you want to do a comedy podcast and you want it to be noticed uh, or to stand out, come up with something original. Add some g- gimmick to it. So
0: This is wise advice.
1: <laughs>
0: Thank you so much for talking to me today. Yeah,
1: thanks for having me.
0: You can see Dave and the rest of the debutantes at the Sewing Factory every second week for Odd Wednesdays mm-hmm. and the details for that at, are at thedebutantes.ca Mm-hmm. And the debutantes are at on Twitter at Deb's Sketch, and they're on Facebook too. You can find them. Um, you can subscribe to the Devil's Advocate in iTunes, and I really think you should listen to the whole back catalog. It is evergreen, and
1: yeah, it's a, it's a timeless one. And yes, there are a couple that are like specifically a thing in time, but a lot of them are like yeah, you can listen to this anytime.
0: Yeah. You, yeah. will, you will laugh. You n- need to be in a place where it's okay if you're laughing out loud to yourself because that's <laughs> going to happen to you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you can find Dave on Twitter at the Dave Ray R-A-E. All these links and Dave's recommendations will be in the show notes at seenandheardyeg.com. And if you subscribe to my newsletter at seenandheardyeg.com, you'll get complete coverage of Edmonton's blogs and podcasts. Thanks for listening. <laughs>